Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. And today we're going to talk about this Inflation Reduction Act. I've got a quick one pager that I'm going to read, and this is from the Democrats. So it'll be interesting uh, to see some of this. And and I'm going to be honest with you, some of the details of this are not quite as important to me as, as really the point of it all. So basically, uh, the way the Democrats put this out there, Summary, the Inflation Reduction Act 2022. By the way, this bill is like 700 and some pages long. So no, I'm not going to be reading it to you directly. But the Inflation Act Reduction Act of 2022 will make a historic down payment on deficit reduction. Start, start right there. So this starts right there. That thinking, just to start it all off, shows you how far we've got to go in terms of not only making it not be the thing, but you realize that rank and file Democrats are literally running around like it's spring break, like running through the fountains and sprinklers, taking off their shirts and in youthful exuberance that they've passed this bill. This bill really doesn't do for us what we think that it does for us, not not any meaningful sense, right? So let's let's go ahead and finish reading this. So he's like, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will make a historic down payment, like like this is something that's paid off on deficit reduction to fight inflation, invest in domestic energy production and manufacturing, and reduce carbon emissions by roughly 40% by 2030. The bill will also finally allow Medicare to negotiate for prescription drug prices and extend the expanded Affordable Care Act program for three years through 2025. I'm not sure why we want to do that, but that's Joe Biden's uh, legacy there. He and Obama, and they aren't interested in overturning their neoliberal, uh, you know, garbage, unaffordable care act. So the new proposal for the fiscal year 2022 budget reconciliation bill will invest approximately 300 billion in deficit reduction. Look at this. I'm telling you, these guys are leading with their chin. It's like they haven't listened to anyone. Zero. And the reason they haven't listened is, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Since none of us can go to bed at night, you know, knowing full well what these guys have said. I just want to be crystal clear. We have no idea what's going on in their heads, but I can tell you right now, I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that they know that reducing deficits. Why would the audio be cutting out? Let's check real quick. Let's see if there's a problem with my, uh, 
It shouldn't be. Why would the audio be cutting it out? Is anybody else noticing the audio cutting in and out? I've got the a pretty daggone good microphone right here and a good sound system. Okay, so so maybe Tom's having issues. All right, sorry, Tom. I'm going to go back to this if you don't mind. So the new proposal for FY22 budget reconciliation bill will invest approximately $300 billion in deficit reduction and $369 billion in energy security and climate change programs over the next 10 years. I want you to think about this. 10 years divided by $369 billion. What, $37 billion a year in investment for energy security and climate change programs? Now, mind you, this is between energy security, I'm assuming that's building out infrastructure, and climate change programs. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm curious. That's nebulous at best, right? And then it says additionally, and it's, and it's nothing. It's next to nothing. I mean, we just sent $40 billion to Ukraine accidentally. Okay, so this is the amount we're investing in this thing that is existential crisis. Okay, I just want to give you an idea that they're basically saying one forty billion dollar payment to Ukraine worth a year over the next ten years investment in energy security and climate change. Crazy, it's just unbelievable. And and there are people celebrating this. Okay, I think Bernie Sanders was the only one with the courage of his convictions to fight against it. And even then, I think he still ended up voting for it in the end. But additionally, the agreement calls for comprehensive permitting reform legislation to be passed before the end of the fiscal year. Permitting reform is essential to unlocking domestic energy and transmission projects, which will lower the cost for consumers. Let's be fair. What they're talking about is deregulation, right? They're talking about deregulation and they're talking about the unspoken thing here is giving the first right of refusal, if you will, to the oil and coal industries. Thank you, President Manchin. So here's the way it works. Total revenue raised. Now, I want, to, I want you all to understand something. For those of you who don't follow this stuff very closely, the government doesn't require revenue, okay? Why they call it the Internal Revenue Service is kind of, uh, you know, just smoke and mirrors, right? The fact is, is that the government doesn't require revenue because it creates the money. So that money, when it comes in, is just deletes it. You know what I mean? It just, it just deletes it. It's gone. It's, it's done its job. Money spent into the economy. New money circulates around. When it comes back home to roost, it comes back home in the form of a tax, and it is deleted. So this whole idea of revenue is a joke in and of itself, okay? The total joke. But let's get back to the article. Not an article. It's really a position paper or, you know, quick summary by the Democrats. Total revenue raised, $739 billion, 15% corporate minimum tax. Now, let's just look at that for just a second. When you talk about a corporate tax, what do you what do you think that does? Let's 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 be regular business people for just a minute. Okay. I'm looking at my ledger. I'm doing my accounting. And I say, huh. So we brought in a hundred thousand. And now all of a sudden costs have gone up ten thousand. 
So we're going to add 10,000 to this. And now all of, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like the revenue itself is being generated by the tax increases on corporations. It's a pass through. It ends up being a pass through to the consumer. It's not a, oh, we're raising revenue to pay for things. It's literally creating a situation where corporations can raise prices to offset their expenditures without caps or without some sort of regulatory reform that would absolutely cap prices or enforce them to a certain pricing structure um, that would, I don't know, take into consideration workers' pay or something, something to prevent them from just passing it on. All it is is a pass-through. So you feel good. You're like, oh, God, I feel so good. I get to tax corporations. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? And only way you feel it is when you go to buy their goods and services. So again, I want to know why the people that get to choose to do these things are in office or in power or have any voice at the table. Because this is the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. It's all about feel-good bullshit. It's not about real stuff. It's not real stuff. I mean, most of this bill so far has been a bunch of bullshit. Deficit reduction. Why? Okay. Pass through taxes from corporations to consumers. So far, no great thing, right? IRS tax enforcement. $124 billion we're spending in IRS tax enforcement. <clears throat> Prescription drug pricing reform. You know, allowing Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices is certainly not horrible. But why the federal government doesn't just do this to begin with? Because the federal government, let, let's take a second and talk about this real quick, because this is super important. Federal government is the price setter. Whatever the federal government is willing to pay for a good or service when it buys it becomes the de facto base wholesale price that they're paying. And then that in turn sets the prices that go forward out to the rest of the world. So when you look at this and you think to yourself, they're just going to go ahead and let certain prescription drugs be negotiated by Medicare. What a waste. What a waste. Why in the world wouldn't they just negotiate all of them in general, period, and set the, the pricing? Because remember, healthcare used to not be a for-profit industry. Healthcare and pharmaceuticals used to be governed differently. But now we're letting them gouge the shit out of us. This is just a minor, minor concession at best, okay? But let's go back here this whole IRS tax enforcement. Once again, it's always punitive stuff. It's always afterwards, right? And then there's this carried interest loophole. Oh my God. Okay. What else? Total investments, energy security and climate change, 369 billion affordable care act extension, 64 billion. Total deficit reduction, 300 plus billion. Here's what they're claiming. The Inflation Reduction Act enacts historic deficit reduction to fight inflation. Again, let me say it 
for the kids in the back that aren't listening. Deficit reduction is like literally taking gas out of your car and telling you to go cross country. It's like taking half your blood out of your body and say, run a marathon. It's stupid. Okay. The issue is not whether deficits are high or low. The issue is the wealthy have too much power over the system. Got nothing to do with deficits, but we have been allowing them to make us feel like home household budget analogy is a real thing when it comes to a currency issuing federal government. We've got to resist that with all, all of our might. We've got to resist it with all of our might. So we're going to go back here to the article. And it says, lowers energy costs, increases cleaner production, and reduces carbon emissions by roughly 40% by 2030. Now, I want you to think about this. The military, our military, is the biggest producer of carbon in the world. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. And more importantly, these ideas that we're talking about here, this isn't like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we did something special? We need to do this quickly because every day that we're allowing it to happen, more carbon is building up in the atmosphere. We don't just need to get to net neutral. We've actually got to claw back carbon that's already in the environment. See what I mean? It's a two-front ba two battle. We not only have to stop emissions, stop carbon emissions, get to you know carbon-free energy sources, think solar. And we've got to get to a point where we recognize also that Dinkin and Duncan on this thing, these moral, hey, we did something. It's the same as doing something with the ACA. They did something. A lot of truly evil people went back to brunch and we're left with the most unaffordable health care in the world. It's, it's so inappropriately titled the Affordable Care Act. It's not funny. Okay. Really, this is to ensure insurance companies get their money. That's what this is all about. Okay. But these guys are going to celebrate this. Now, we have to have massive climate, massive climate action to really address this. Hands up for those people who really believe that this is just going to motivate them to go further and further and further to get us a Green New Deal, et cetera. All the things we really need. No. These people are like, hey, I already gave you your climate bill. If that didn't do it, too damn bad. And I want you to understand something. We're still dealing in all the falsehoods. Every bit of this thing is a falsehood. When you look at what they're celebrating here, who cares? Again, I can't say this enough. Who cares about this historic deficit reduction other than the fact that it's going to take money out of the economy? and remove our buying power as opposed to force corporations to build in more production, which would mean hiring people, et cetera. Allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices and caps out of pocket costs to 2000. Okay. I mean, that is object, that is objectively a good thing, better thing. I wouldn't call it great. It's still ridiculous, right? 
none of the this is all keeping the illusion alive that somehow or another there is no money other than taxpayer money and that we have to pay our fair share and we need to put money into this and skin in the game and all the other crap okay lowers aca healthcare premiums for millions of americans considering we have 350 million americans in this country i'm wondering what the number of millions that would be because right now it's not the premiums that are killing us as much as it is the co-pays and all the other stuff that's not covered by deductibles. The huge bills that come through that you have the stack of bills lining up. That's what's the deal there. And then here we go. This is playing on stupid people's desires for a lot of stupid shit. Okay. Make biggest corporations and ultra wealthy pay their fair share. Here's that loser's mindset, the fair share mindset. Okay. Making the ultra-wealthy pay taxes is not a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. If you want to tax corporations, here, let me get on the screen here. If you want to tax corporations for doing bad things and make it so that they have to do good things, if you want to tax profits and stuff like that, that they decide to go without giving employees an increase or providing a, a balance in the pay, then fine okay i i buy that because you're trying to change a behavior but what they're doing here is they're talking about it like they're going to raise revenue to pay for things to bring down the deficit because somehow or another the deficit is equating to inflation which is all a lie it's a blatant lie let's go back here and finish this up um there are no new taxes on families making four hundred thousand or less good or less and no new taxes on small businesses. Good. We're closing tax loopholes and enforcing the tax code. Uh, okay. And that, that is in essence, that is in essence, your inflation reduction act of 2022. I said this on status coup last night. If you're in the ocean or you're in a river, and you fall in and your leg gets caught on a log. You're underwater. Here's the water line. And they say, hey, we're going to go ahead and reduce the flow of the river by about two inches. And you're like, oh, thank God. They're going to reduce some of the water flow in the river. So maybe I have a chance to live. And they reduce it two inches. Now, I still can't get my nose above the water line, can I? I still can't breathe, and I'm still just as dead as I was before they lowered it two inches. I'm dead either way, am I not? This is the problem with these half-baked ideas. You didn't address the real problem. Truly awful people believe you passed a bill, so now we don't have to talk about this climate thing anymore because we passed a bill. It didn't solve anything, as you saw with my analogy with you know the bringing the water down two inches didn't solve anything in that regard and then i i it comes back to this if i've got a supply chain issue i fix the supply chain that's where i put my energy at the supply chain's broke i fix it that might mean roadway investments that might mean bridges investments might mean high-speed rail investments it might need port expansion, whatever. I focus on supply chains. That's where I fix it. If I'm trying to worry about 
prices on fuel or something like that. Something happened, didn't it? All of a sudden, fuel's dropping way, way down. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was Biden in Saudi Arabia promising not to go after Khashoggi's murderer. I don't know. But whatever it is, suddenly it's not happening. But I want you to think about this. If you enhance drilling for oil in this country or fracking in this country, does that help with climate crisis? No, no, it doesn't. In a capitalist environment, in a laissez-faire neoliberal environment, if you just grant access to people drilling for oil and fracking and so forth without cutting off their ability to export that oil, how does that guarantee you have oil in your own country? Because we don't have an energy policy in this country. So how are you going to do that? Are you going to enforce that, hey, we don't export our oil unless we've met our demand here domestically? I mean, that's the kind of basics of import-export strategies that most countries that are trying to take security seriously would do. But we don't we don't have those kind of controls. So we have to. I, I I'm curious as to what kind of regulations would be used as we go down the road to enforce making those companies keep that oil production here in the United States uh, available to us. I, I I don't see it. But again, we're supposed to be addressing climate crisis. Does that feel like a climate crisis solution to you? Not really. Not not to me anyway. Okay. And yeah, and Angela is exactly correct. Let me just put this up on the screen. This bill is about November elections, just like the raid on Donald Trump's offices yesterday were about November elections. But I think some of these things are going to have a tremendous blowback. I think that you've just made Donald Trump a freaking martyr. And the people that hear that martyr's call are going to rally to his side. I think Donald Trump's probably licking his lips and rubbing his hands together, grateful that the Democrats did such a thing. I mean, you can say it's Justice Department, but I don't believe it. I don't think anybody believes it. I think it's, I think everybody knows that since Hillary lost to Trump back in 2016, I think everyone knows Democrats have been doing everything they can, right, wrong, or indifferent, to get Donnie Tiny Hands. Uh, you know, completely screwed as much as they can to just go after him in every way they can. Not to say that they shouldn't, but the problem is, is that when you're a corrupt son of a bitch going after another corrupt son of a bitch and you're trying to take the high ground, it doesn't really look so good, right? It doesn't look so good. And so what you've done is you basically got catnip for MAGAs by doing this stuff. This is catnip for MAGAs. It doesn't help us with a Green New Deal. It doesn't help us with anything. In fact, it just invigorates their base, right? So if this is all about November, I'm not sure who's their strategist, but it isn't one that I could see making sense, not even a little bit. So anyway, I guess, I guess the question becomes one of this. Pulling all this back, we know that we had price gouging during the crisis. We know that a lot of evil sons of bitches in the establishment trying to lay the cause of inflation at the feet of the poors for getting a little bit of checks here and there to survive the pandemic. 
We know that they did not like the fact that workers were leaving the great resignation, leaving the workforce and making choices to be, you know, free to, to not have to do this grind every day. And now we know that they have reduced the deficit. They're raising interest rates. They're trying to create unemployment. A lot of the jobs being created are shit wage jobs, crap jobs. And a lot of people are working two and three jobs. That's, that's the realities of this. So, you know, you'll forgive me if, if I'm not celebrating this and you'll forgive me if I don't think that this is going to help them in November. Now I'm not really worried about them or them either way. I'm worried about us. I'm worried about the things we know we need legislatively. If we're going to even survive this system as it stands, if there's any chance. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that this is a big joke. The whole thing's a big joke. It doesn't address the big concerns we have at all. I see so little. I mean, they talk about the most massive investment in clean energy. But see, if you wanted to really make a dent, a leftist would nationalize the energy industry. A leftist would start trying to nationalize renewables. Not sit there and try to invest so that corporations can capitalize on the conversion to renewables. But no, they want to make sure that the people that have, have more. And the people that don't have, have less, but feel good about it because they passed the Inflation Reduction Act that really, in many ways, just penalizes little people. You know, it just penalizes little people. I mean, seriously, when those corporations pass on the taxes in higher prices, it's us that are going to pay that freight. So I am at a loss how this bill, which protects the oil and gas and coal mining industries and ensures that they have profits. And I said this as well. When we started the medical marijuana legalization, what happened? Wealthy white people got the licenses. In Ohio, it was particularly egregious. People like Michelle Alexander, who wrote the new Jim Crow, spoke eloquently about the fact that the black and brown people that are behind bars for absolutely nonviolent marijuana violations are, 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 are going to get double whammy because not only are they in jail for something now the people that jailed them for are suddenly able to make a profit on yet again. They made a profit on putting people behind bars, number one. Now they're going to make a profit on making sure that those people get to sell it as medicinal marijuana. Do you see this? This is crony capitalism at its worst. Okay. This is also ensuring that nothing will fundamentally change as we change technologies, as we change legal strategies, the rich stay on top and the poors keep getting buried. So I'm sure that there's going to be some vote blue friendly sycophant out there that will make this out to be one of the greatest bills in the history of mankind. And I would like to say that it's progress, at least at some level, that they're making investments 
and green energy, but they're investments to capitalist class people not taking government action to make these things come to be. So this is a fundamental problem because now all of a sudden, instead of renewables being there for the benefit of all, you know, the sun is a free energy source, right? No, they're going to turn this into a way for those very same bastards to continue gouging us and making money in the energy sector regardless. So I'm here to tell you, bottom line is, is that this bill is a bunch of bullshit. And it's meant to sedate those who are easily sedated. It's meant to play on the economic tropes that keep many of us stuck, deficit reduction. And it still further obfuscates what the real causes of inflation are, while simultaneously not acknowledging the fact that raising interest rates is going to create a loss of jobs. This is intentional. Now, inflation did drop in July already. Okay, we saw the, the, the numbers come back. And that was largely because gasoline prices have gone down. Okay. But they're going to go ahead with this bazooka, this howitzer to kill this fly. And I think it's really important to understand while people celebrate this stuff that nothing fundamentally changed. Uh, again, I use this analogy. I hope it works for you guys. But if I lower the water two inches down, I still can't breathe. The only way that this problem is solved is if I lower the water level at a point where I can freely breathe. This is tokenism. This is performative. This is performative. This maybe that's game changing because now I live now I can breathe I don't know if that works for you all or not but that's the kind of way my mind envisions these things and puts this stuff together so how would I look at this well you know for a fact that the green new deal addresses a job guarantee a job guarantee would be an inflation killer as well why what does a job guarantee do Job guarantee has a nominal price anchor built into it as a as a, a a course of action. It builds a nominal price anchor. So it's got automatic, automatic inflation control built into it right there, setting the labor standard as the standard. The other thing, it's got Medicare for all in it. Well, what is Medicare for all? Medicare for all is an extremely efficient delivery system. It's a single payer system, still dealing with and insurance, but it's the government being the single payer in this case, not you and I. And with that in mind, it's deflationary. So Medicare for all would be deflationary. So there we have two things right off the bat with a Green New Deal that solve for inflation. For all those companies out there, the coal industry, et cetera, where those people who have done no harm on their own, but just work for a shitty place, the ability to give them a just transition to move from the dirty work and be able to maintain their existing lifestyle with pay and all and be able to transition them into renewables is a great plan, okay? Takes away some of the sting of losing their career and their, uh, their, their uh, way of life, so to speak, but it also prevents them from going into extreme poverty. And then we have the job guarantee, which allows us to build local communities, jobs within our local communities, 
that we can in turn use to leverage to marshal towards working on a green new deal. There's so many things here that really work. And none of what they did here is that none of it, you know, massive rollout in solar. Why wouldn't the federal government do that? Because they have a fundamental desire as a neoliberal institution to literally ensure that capital gets its cut. That's it. That's it. They don't want to nationalize it. They won't put constraints on businesses to keep the production local. Why? Because if they do that, they're violating the laissez-faire free market that they want so badly to be recognized for. So with that, this act is a bunch of shit, in my opinion. Okay? Bunch of shit. And it's almost like it makes you kind of flaccid. Why am I even fighting back, man? There's so many of these dodo birds that just read the news and say, yep, oh, this is so great. Biden passed the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, this is so great. Look what the Democrats said. We want it bipartisan. We got it. And they're hoorah, let's go smoke a Cohiba. It's like living in a foreign land, like a weird world where people don't even speak your language, listening to the shit. It's it's really, really dystopian hearing people celebrate this stuff. And is it a step in the right direction? It depends on what you consider the right direction to be. Do you consider fattening up the coal and the petroleum industry as the first refusal to be the ones that do the renewables? Not me. Isn't that a key part of free markets is that if you're not ready to do that stuff, then you're going to get boxed out by someone who is, you know, if you want to have free market capitalism and competition, then have free markets and competition. But this whole picking winners and losers thing by literally putting the oil and the coal industries in there per Joe Manchin is anything but a win. So. With that, I'm not going to belabor this. Um, I'm going to be on fault lines, or excuse me, on uh, political misfits at one. You'll hear me over there as well. So get a chance, check me out. Um, Saturday, this Saturday, very, very awesome, awesome interview. We'll be coming out on macro and cheese with a real environmental economist and eco-socialist and Jason Hickel. It takes a long time to get on Jason's calendar. And I've had him on now twice. The first time was like epic. I was pinching myself. This time, I think it might be the best interview I've ever done. I could be wrong, but I like it a lot. So check it out. Macro and cheese, Saturday morning, Eastern time, 8 a.m. Jason Hickel will be my guest. And please, by all means, guys, like what we're doing here. You like the content please subscribe to the channel and, and click like, you know, if, if you don't like it, leave a comment, let us know what you don't like, but definitely let us know because we're up against some pretty tall odds between algorithms and other noise producing outlets that we want to be able to make sure that we get our slice of the pie here. And you can help us do that by simply clicking like and subscribing. And hopefully you get something out of it because we're trying to make sure that you're informed uh, with the most current information possible. With that, I am going to get myself out of here. I hope you all have a great day and uh, talk soon. Bye.
The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.